Welcome to Manage Tools. Today's topic, questions to ask candidate references. Part one, here we go. Well, you have to check references, right? I mean, well, <laughs> I guess I can't say you have to check references because many managers don't. Smart managers do. <laughs> and it's interesting. You have to get as much information as you can. But in this world, there's many companies that limit their disclosures, right? They, they, right. They're reluctant to share information with you. But there's a way to get that information. And today we're going to talk about that. Yeah, and it's probably way more detailed than most people realize. Um, and I think this is one of those casts that people shake their heads when they're done with going, oh, now I get it. <laughs> so we've got 13 points in our outline. 13! 13. I think oh this is, it's been years since we had a 13-point outline. Um, but, but a lot of them are the actual questions you'll ask. The first thing we want to say is that Checking references isn't something that will help you hire somebody. All it really does is help you avoid disaster. It's one of those steps that we do in the interviewing process that are built around the purpose of interviewing, which is to say no. And um, we check only at the very end, once we're certain we want to make an offer, just to be certain that there's no skeletons in the closet that the interview didn't find for us. Second thing we want to do is when we start the process of asking questions, we actually want to make an admission um, to help uh, the, the reference understand that we're likable, we're nice, we're on their side. And we also want to start with factual questions. This is really important because so many companies have cracked down on how much managers can say about references. And the first question is, would you please confirm the dates of employment? This is a hugely important question. There are several reasons why. And we ask it a specific way in order to get the most likely answer, which is a good thing, which starts to build the relationship to allow us to ask questions that are a little bit beyond what they might have been told was okay later. Uh, point four, the second question is, could you confirm the job title for me, please? Again, same same basic principle as the first one. Asking a question, you're sure that 99% of managers will have no problem agreeing with. Yeah, I, I can't help it. I want to jump into actually the, the cast itself and start asking questions about these because the answers are so, it's just very interesting. Yeah, good. The next is, please comment on the accuracy of the following job description. Now, we've just gone from job title to job description, but now we're asking for a comment on accuracy. Now, accuracy is something that people think of as I'm not sharing too much, just sort of saying yes or no, it's accurate. But asking for a comment causes things to open up a little bit. Point six um, is we always want to be thankful. We're trying to build rapport. Um, being thankful to the person whom we're talking to increases the chances that they'll answer our later questions in ways that are helpful to us. And at this point, we're going to progress to more substantive questions where hopefully we can get the candidate, I'm sorry, the reference to be open about the strengths and weaknesses, if you will, of, of the candidate. So our, our next question is, I was told about Project X. Can you confirm his involvement? And you can see that's a yes or no question. And then you follow that with, can you tell me about the results? And now this is a full step over into they're making an editorial comment about how well the person did. Right. And, if you, and if you asked and did well on the previous questions, this becomes a lot easier to get, yeah, exactly. to get an answer. Yeah. 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 
can you tell me about the results there? In, in other words, in this particular situation, now you're asking for results. Uh, again, a further uh, step into full and open disclosure, if you will. Uh, next is, what was his best contribution? Clearly, if you start with that, you're, you know, five minutes ago, 15 minutes ago in the reference checking, you're going to get, well, I'm not really sure. I, you know, I'm not really supposed to say anything. We're supposed to be official here. Um, but after asking the other questions, this works 80% of the time. And then last couple of questions, what would you say his areas for improvement are? Okay. Now, this is way easier after saying what was his best contribution. And then we are looking at him for blank role. How would you assess that fit? Now, this is actually flattering to the reference that you're asking for an assessment. An assessment still has some scientific feel, and, um, and yet it really calls for judgment. And so you tend to get good answers to that question. And then the last question is, if you were me or us, would you have any concerns about employing him or her? And this is an open opportunity for them to say anything like, well, I probably shouldn't say anything, but, or, well, of course not. However, one of the things he's working on is X. And those are all good things to know. There are no black and white answers for how to evaluate their answers. Although generally speaking, you're not going to find usually anything if you find something, you might get lucky, in which case, lucky you. Don't hire somebody if you find a glaring weakness. Uh, but you might find hints at things and a pattern that causes you to reflect on the answers you got into other questions that you asked or others asked during the interviews. And that may be the thing that caused you to say, okay, our slight concern has turned into a notable concern and we're going to say no. Yeah. Okay. So... Let me ask you a question. Like, well, why check reference in the first place? I mean, surely somebody wouldn't be so stupid to put somebody on their resume as a reference who would say anything bad about them. I mean, so, I mean. Oh, sure they would. Oh, people would do all kinds of stupid things. People would try to interview with Manager Tools, a company that teaches interviewing and resumes and job searches and transitions and career steps and so on, and send five and six page resumes for a job with the firm. And when you ask them, why do you express such strong interest and then not have prepared? And they said, well, I thought you wanted to see the real me. Oh, so the real you is somebody who doesn't prepare? Uh, and then that same person in the interview actually says, well, preparation is what is, is what I'm good at. Really? Really? <laughs> who, who says? <laughs> Who's preparation for what what? Let me dissuade you, know. you of that notion. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Let me dissuade you. Yeah, we check references as the step between I'm ready to make an offer and I'm now actually making that offer. When you check references, you're essentially saying, I've decided and now I'm going to do one last check to make sure I haven't missed anything. The chances are slim there's going to be anything here, but no sense in not spending an hour or two just to eliminate any later regrets. Plus, if everyone learns that I always check references, that reduces my future candidate risk. And these kind of things get around. And if you don't check references, that gets around too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't check references to find out why we want to hire somebody. We check references to make sure there aren't any concerns we haven't uncovered ourselves. 
And to be clear, so this is, you're doing this at the end. You think you have a decision, you're going to hire somebody. And this is elastic. This is not something you do prior to interviewing somebody, right? As a first Yeah, exactly. And this, this is important because if you did it prior, and we'll talk more about this later, references would be a lot less forthcoming. If the process were that someone's references were checked before they got interviewed or early in the process between resume and interviewing or early on during the interviewing process, references would be much more likely to simply agree, oh, he's great, he's great, he's great, because they don't want to be the reason why a friend, an associate, a former colleague, a mentee or whatever would be the reason why they didn't get a chance to interview. They would feel it would be unfair to take, as the baseball phrase goes, to take the bat out of their hands. So they know it happens at the end and they know it's unlikely it's going to be their fault. All we need to do is put them in the best possible mindset to be as candid as possible so that we can get the benefit of checking references and people will be forthcoming. They're not going to be completely forthcoming. They're not going to tell us all of their best friend's warts, but they'll be more forthcoming if we do it the right way, which is what we're laying out here. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, over, I don't know, the last 20 years or so, companies have gotten a lot less willing to be open with those checking references. And that probably it's a complete overreaction to defamation lawsuits of 25 years ago and a trickle down of executive employment contract law. But nonetheless, even though it's it's overreaction, companies have gotten a lot less willing to share information. Yeah, and, and this comes from the fact that, you know, we, we tell people this on the uh, when we talk about manager tools that you speak for the company. And managers didn't understand this. People would get questions about a candidate and they will say, oh, sure, he's this, he's that, or something else. And the manager was giving an independent opinion, completely reasonable, because managers think I'm asked to make independent decisions all the time. But managers would talk about a person and they were quoted as Procter & Gamble gave this guy a reference or Johnson Johnson gave this guy a reference or Google gave this guy a reference, which is somewhat misleading, but nevertheless, after a fashion, accurate. And, And so there's a risk there for companies if it's discovered later that the person has a problem. It tends to tarnish a company's reputation if it has given a known uh, positive judgment on someone who's later shown to not deserve that positive judgment. And look, as an aside, let's remember something historically here. References from previous employment follow the same basic timeline, a little bit delayed, as references on resumes. And to a large degree, the purpose of them has changed historically. The references on a resume, if you, if you don't know this, if you've not listened to our casts on resumes and why you don't put your references on your resume, and you certainly don't put resume references available upon request, because if companies really want your references, they're going to get them. Whether you think they're available or not, or whether you tell us they're available or not, we're going to ask for them. If you won't give them to us, we won't hire you because we're, we'll assume you're a serial killer and your references will tell us, tell us that. So references were a holdover from the elitist world where you literally had to be from the right family, which is to say, unfortunately, discriminatorily look like, sound like, and have gone to the same school as other people in order to get a certain job. It basically said, I'm like you. 
I'm part of the class of people that you want to hang out with, Mr. Hiring Manager or Mr. Hiring Firm or Mr. Hiring Senior Executive. It was much more true a hundred years ago that it was who you knew and not what you knew that mattered. That was before employment law, at least in the Western world, made it much harder to discriminate against people on the basis of their skin color or their gender or their age or, or where they went to school. This is not to say that discrimination is not still practiced. It's certainly not to say that where you went to school is not used as discrimination. But generally speaking, those things about yourself which you cannot change are illegal to discriminate based upon those factors. So when you left a firm, which by the way is 100 years ago or 75 years ago, much less common than it is today, you needed to supplement your family connections that probably served well early in your life with what amount to professional connections to vouch for you if you're gonna to go to work somewhere else. And frankly, these the references also reinforce the clubbiness of the business world. Although by now, at this point in, in the development of the modern business world, performance really took the place of who you were. And if you were somebody, but you weren't a performer, people figured that out. So basically, checking references is a holdover from a time where we would actually hold our noses about, if you will, because it was designed to benefit certain people. So when you hear that companies don't give references anymore, that's true. It's true, sort of. I hope so, because if it weren't sort of true, we, we could just end this cast right now. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. Companies don't. And the whole point of the comment is companies don't and never intended to, but managers making statements for the company, it is perceived as if the company has, even though the company was not. But legally, there was a case to be made that the company had because the manager speaks for the company. If the manager spoke for the company when you worked for the manager, then the manager speaks for the company after you leave. Uh, as a manager, there's a there's an assumption there that some spokesperson status actually exists. In today's world of media, careful media uh, um, parsing and and managing one's message and so on, it may not be may not feel true to a manager that you are a spokesperson. But the fact is, legally, a case can be made that you are, because when you're speaking to your directs, you speak for the company. Okay. But frankly, companies never really gave references before. Individuals did, but the individuals didn't realize they were providing the, the value of the company name when they were making an individual statement. So if you ask someone official at a firm today, particularly in HR, there's a fair chance you'll get somebody who spouts the company line. We, we don't give references. And guys, this is lawsuit avoidance is what it is. But, you know, when was the last time you heard somebody suing for defamation because of a reference that was perhaps accurate, but, but um, hard to hear? So timid managers or managers who aren't aware of the rules and who don't refer us to HR often do still answer reference-seeking questions. And they may not think that they're giving us a reference, which is fine with us. We don't really need a reference. We just need an answer to the questions we're going to put to them. And we just want to know stuff we want to know. 
Always. <laughs> yeah, we do, right? And and we don't we don't expect them to give us a reference, and we're never going to tell anybody that we talk to them. But we want to know stuff. The first rule, therefore, in order to balance many people's understanding that companies, quote unquote, don't give references, but our interest in gathering more information and in attempting to get the information from an individual as opposed to on official, official company letterhead, which is a whole nother issue entirely, letters of reference written on company letterhead. That's for a different time. The first rule is start with an admission and start with factual questions. What's the admission? What are you admitting? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, HR has probably told them, or the manager's already surmised, we can confirm dates of employment, okay? They've actually probably told them more when the manager gets some guidance from HR, like what they really can't talk about, but most managers miss a lot of the detailed guidance that HR would give them, okay? And, and to be fair, remember, this is only in companies that are big enough to have an HR organization that are legally careful and so on. We're talking about the bigger, you know, the top 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 firms in the world. The vast majority of firms aren't as careful as that, but a lot of managers at smaller firms started their careers at bigger firms and smaller firms hire managers from bigger firms in order to learn how bigger firms do it in order to get bigger. I'm amazed at number of people who, oh, I'm in a small firm. We'll, you know, we'll never be like that big firm. Well, you better talk to your owner because <laughs> he or she, they want to be big like that big firm. Trust me. Or if nothing else, they want an evaluate, they want a valuation like the big firm. So for any reference, I want to come back to the admission thing in, in just a minute. So for any reference checking, we start with factual questions that help the manager or the reference get the sense that we're not asking for too much. Okay. We're going to ask factual questions, which fit into their mindset that, oh, these are questions that sound like questions that will be okay for me to ask. Okay. And it's, it, we're going also going to stay at the, stay at the start so that people don't get worried. I only have a few questions. This won't take more than five minutes. The fact is, if they choose to be expansive, they know they're making it go longer. Okay. Having said that, the first thing we actually do is admit that the interview process has progressed to the final stage and we are simply checking references. What would that sound like? What would you say? Well, let's be clear. We want them to draw the conclusion that this person has done well. We like this person. We want to make them an offer. It's not as if them telling us bad things is going to keep the person from doing well, hypothetically, we're, and we're very clearly trying to lower their guard. So it might sound like this. Our firm has been interviewing Allie Simpson. She's done well. And we reached the point where, we do a simple ref where we're going to do a simple reference check. Okay? Or we've been interviewing Allie Simpson, and we're in the late stages where we check references. That is code for I'm about to give her an offer. Why is that so important? What, what do you think would happen if you didn't mention you were getting ready to hire the person or you were in the late stages? Yeah, if we don't tell them late stages or give them some indication that the candidate has done well, references are much less likely to be candid about weaknesses or concerns because they won't see themselves as messing up the candidate's choices. I'm sorry, the candidate's chance for a fair shot in the interviews. If they think it's early, they're going to do their best to say, well, they gave me as a reference. I'm going to tell them good things. Mm. 
And if the person has a problem and if the company finds out, then it wasn't me that caused them to lose the opportunity. Think of it this way. Suppose the, the, the reference thinks the company who's doing the interviewing isn't good at evaluating people. If that's the case, you don't want to hand them anything on a silver platter. If a big company does a poor job at hiring and the person gets the job they want, whose fault is that? It's certainly not the references and it's not the job candidates, it's the hiring company. So we don't want to hand anything to them on a silver platter. Heck, the reference chose us. It's not like we're arch enemies. And look, most companies only go to the trouble of checking references at very late stages anyway, if they do it at all. Some companies, if you can believe this, actually make offers before checking, but make them contingent on a successful reference check. Okay. Yeah. So, dude, I know, dude, look, why then they don't tell the reference that is beyond me, right? When a reference hears an offer has been made, they're much more likely to be open with concerns. And to be clear, remember, the purpose of interviewing is to say no. At this point, still. Yeah, absolutely. Look, oh, absolutely. If, if an offer is contingent, then it's not really an offer until the uh, reference checking is complete. But again, they're lowering the barrier to true openness from the reference. And that's a good thing because it re you increase the chances that that one in a hundred exception will actually be shared with you and you'll be able to avert a disaster. Now, is there anything else we can do to, to lower the, the hurdle in terms of getting information from the reference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is amazing to me. You always tell them, you state that you're calling them because they were listed as a reference by the candidate. I'm amazed at people who don't do this. Look, I'm, I'm calling references. And they assume that the person knows that you're calling because... Well, no, not he, no. Here's the thing. No, there are people who think list the last five bosses you have and where they are. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Give me a list of your bosses. Who was your last boss? What's his name? And you know, and and they track somebody down through HR, and they don't get the impression that they were selected by the candidate. And and it's amazing. We we again we want to lower their barrier to be candid. So when we tell them they were selected, they see it as having been asked a favor by the candidate and they're just doing that favor, carrying that favor out by talking to us. Now, look, if, if you're smart, you've listened to our interviewing series of casts about how to be interviewed and you know you've got to call your references after you put them down. First of all, you've got to call them in advance and say, can I put you on my list of references? And oh, by the way, here are the things I want you to say. I'm amazed that people don't attempt to game the system that way. It's completely normal and reasonable. And yet you get somebody who says, well, sure, I look, I, if you're going to hire the guy, I want you to have full, I want you to help him grow and develop. So let me tell you the areas that I was working with him on. Oh, sure. Okay. Please tell me what you didn't like. Okay. So we want to put the reference at ease and, and encourage them to be candid, right? I mean, that's where, that's where we're trying yeah. to get from them. So our first question is probably something like, um, tell me about this candidate's greatest weakness, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're already bonded with them. And they're going to open answer. Pandora's box, right? Yeah. Start with something factual. Yeah. Would you please confirm the dates of employment? And it's a no brainer because this is the question that even the most hardened of companies tell managers that they can answer. 
Okay. Now, to be fair, guys, if if you're talking to a manager and you're at a known, you're talking to a manager at a known company, you're getting lucky because the smart manager, unless they have a great relationship, unless they're just sitting around waiting for calls like this, they're going to refer you to HR to reduce their risk. Now, I wouldn't because if you put me down as a reference, I know these kind of questions are coming. And I don't worry. If Procter & Gamble told me I couldn't give a reference to somebody, I wouldn't care. Now, I'm not going to say anything that's going to get us in trouble because um, I know my people really well. But companies do things in order to avoid legal risk, not because everybody's a smart manager, but because some people are dumb managers. But listen, I'm amazed people don't know this. Let's be clear about something. Companies allow the question about dates of employment to be answered to provide themselves, guys, to provide themselves with the opportunity to police people who would list them as part of their employment history when, in fact, that person never worked there. Mm, okay? Interesting. Yeah, the reason why is that some companies get listed. Certainly, they generally tend to be named companies, but there are a lot of companies that aren't well-known, generally speaking, and we can have the whole conversation later about companies that deliver products to the public versus B2B, business to business companies. But look, we have to ask this question first about confirming dates of employment to make sure the most basic of assumptions that we have are checked, which is if there's a notable difference in the dates of employment after multiple interviews with a candidate on, on site, one assumes, this could be, and, and by us here at Manager Tools, it would be a serious breach of ethics that would probably result in a declining to offer. Probably? <laughs> well, well, it depends. I mean, it depends on what the discrepancy is. If it's a month on either end, oh, okay. that's one thing. Yeah. But if it's two months and three months, and suddenly that allows them to, to avoid talking about a five-month um, period of unemployment, then that's a misleading statement. But there are exceptions, but dates are often fudged. And the rationale for a mistake would have to be compelling if the mistake worked in the candidate's favor. I think there's a, another good reason this question works, because it helps the reference understand that we <laughs> understand the situation they are in and helps them get comfortable with us for later in the discussion. Yeah, we're basically asking a question that they know that they can answer. We're saying, we know the rules. We're going to ask you questions that we know you can answer. We're smart. We're as smart as you. You can trust us. And then later, as you say, we're going to progress to answers that they probably shouldn't answer. And we're not going to, I mean, to, to, be, to be clear, we'll say this again later, we're not going to imply that they should answer any of our questions. And we're not going to behave disrespectfully or rudely if they don't answer our questions, but we're going to make it easy for them to answer them even if they shouldn't. Okay. We're simply going to assume both that there may be rules in place that limit the manager or the reference. Okay. And that person still wants to help the person who puts them down as a reference. And you know, my, my thinking about that is, I mean, wouldn't you, when you're listed as a reference for somebody trying to help them get a job? Of course you would. You're going to be motivated to try to help if you can within reason. And the more reasonable the opportunity presents itself, the more likely you are to take advantage of it as a reference. And that's what we're doing here. We're making the conversation reasonable by saying, I'm going to ask you a question that I know 
you can answer. And they say, oh, okay, good. This is going to be, they're only going to ask me questions that HR said I'm going to be okay with. But by the time we start asking them questions that maybe HR wouldn't be okay with, they're going to like us. And then they're going to answer our questions and forget about HR. Right. So it's pretty simple, right? You just say, hey, John Smith, did he, he says here that he started working for you in June of 1999 through July of 2007. Is that right? Yeah, no, no. 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 Okay. So if you're talking to HR, don't give them the dates you've been given. No. Ask okay. them to look the dates up. Wow. It seems like hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no. What we're looking for here is validation. Now, look, they may not have it available or at least say they don't, but usually they're willing to find it. If, if you've been referred to HR, usually HR is willing to look it up because, again, remember, they're policing people who are misusing their company name. And if people get hired and let's say, as an example, they had said that they used to work at Procter & Gamble, if they got hired and then they do poorly now, the, the patina, the sheen, the, the respect that goes with working at Procter & Gamble or, you know, that's my alma mater, but it could be, could be anywhere. General Electric, Royal Dutch Shell, you know, Google, Apple, Microsoft, uh, those kind of, Unilever is another example, Volvo or Toyota. If people are said to have worked there and then do poorly, when they get fired, people don't go back and say, let's validate that they actually worked where they said they'd worked. No, they just believe that people from Toyota or Procter & Gamble or Volvo or Royal Dutch Shell are not as good as they had heard. And Procter and & Gamble and Toyota and Royal Dutch Shell and Volvo don't want that, right? So HR probably has access to the dates and usually they're willing to find it and if you're asking for it, you want them to give you the dates because if you give the dates, it's easy for them to say, oh, yeah, it's roughly that. Okay. Well, roughly how? Is it a month or two off or three or four months off? I'd hear something like, eh, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, perfect. Yeah. And now you don't know whether it's actually right or it just sounds about right. And look, one more thing about HR. If you're talking to HR and you get through all these questions, a large, well-known employer, you're either an exceptionally good relationship builder or you're talking to an easy mark or you're talking to a reference who really loves a candidate. And it's probably all three and well done you that, that you are getting that done. If you're not talking to HR and the manager you're speaking with doesn't have access to records, you may have to actually suggest the dates and accept what we would consider confirmation rather than independent validation of the dates. And that's okay. It's just not as good an answer, but it's not bad. Thanks, everyone. We'll finish this up next time. In the meantime, have a great one.